This is Michael Popak with Legal AF with breaking news. Of course, the ultimate breaking news that for the first time in our nation's history, a president has been indicted. And the indictment of Donald Trump could be as much as 34 separate felony counts. This is the front page of the New York Times as we speak. Donald Trump finally indicted by the New York grand jury, 23 members of the grand jury meeting today, as we had predicted on Legal AF, as Karen Friedman Ignifolo, my colleague, had predicted from her long stint in the Manhattan DA's office that they were not meeting just to uh, pat each other on the back before they took a hiatus for three weeks. They were meeting to vote in secret, all the grand jury process being a secret process. And what we know now around the secret process based on leaks that have already come out, is that the indictment is for a felony, not a misdemeanor, which means that Alvin Bragg in the Manhattan DA's office has figured out a way to thread the needle and come up with not one, but at least two crimes. The first crime was already publicly announced, that it would be the falsification of the books and records by Donald Trump to cover up the Stormy Daniels $130,000 payment hush money payment so that she wouldn't go public with the affair or the sexual relationship that she had with Donald Trump. That's a Michael Cohen issue because Michael Cohen ultimately paid the money to Stormy Daniels using a revolving credit line of his and then was repaid threefold by the Trump organization through Alan Weisselberg, approved by Donald Trump, um, to repay uh, Michael Cohen, and it was recorded as legal services rendered. That was the initial case. Although now, based on the last minute, uh, second day of testimony by David Pecker, the disgraced former publisher and owner of the National Enquirer and former BFF of Donald Trump, I think that there is a broader indictment and we'll get the unsealing of the indictment and that's when we will be able to read it, we'll be able to analyze it on Legal AF and on these kind of hot takes. Right now, we're doing a little bit of shadow boxing and piecing things together based on witnesses that testified. David Pecker testified on Monday, the last witness we believe that was heard by this grand jury. Why is he important? Because he is the architect of the catch and kill program. And it, here's what here's what would happen. The campaign, Kellyanne Conway and others, and Donald Trump, and even Michael Cohen, when he was the inside guy for, for Donald Trump, would identify women who were going to go public with reports of Donald Trump having sex with them while he was married and as a candidate. Then David Pecker would have his team reach out to these women, pay them off, say that he was going to run a story about them or even a cover story about them in the National Enquirer or the Globe or any of his other uh, periodicals, and then kill the story. So pay them, have them sign a non-disclosure agreement, confidentiality agreement, and then the story never saw the light of day. This, according to David Pecker's own testimony, which we know because David Pecker and his, um, his media group, America Media International, entered into a non-prosecution agreement with the federal prosecutors, not the state prosecutors, but the federal prosecutors uh, three or four years ago and had to list um, all of the things that they did wrong. And they admitted in order to get the non-prosecution agreement in place with the Southern District of New York attorney, uh, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office uh, admitted that they had de- that David Pecker designed the program, had met with Kellyanne Conway and with Michael Cohen in the 
in the Palm Beach County offices of the National Enquirer. I think it's in Lantana. And they devised this scheme. And the first um, test case for the catch and kill program was not Stormy Daniels, but it was Karen McDougal, a former Playboy playmate who told a similar story as Stormy Daniels. She got paid $150,000. This was David Pecker's big chance to demonstrate that this could work. That was a direct payment that was made by Donald Trump and the organization in return for a confidential settlement agreement. And we believe that the grand jury now, based on Monday's testimony of David Pecker, is doing a broader investigation, which is so smart by Alvin Bragg, and I'll tell you why in a minute. He's not, Alvin Bragg is not putting all of his eggs in the Michael Cohen basket for obvious reasons and some baggage there because Michael, of course, pled guilty and served time related to being involved in the Stormy Daniels affair. But on the McDougal case, the McDougal example of the Catch and Kill program, Michael Cohen's not involved. It's David Pecker. It's David Pecker coordinating with Donald Trump. So it eliminates a Michael Cohen problem because if you make it a broader scheme, that means you can have other witnesses testify to it who have already testified, who don't have the similar problem that Michael Cohen has as a witness. Genius. Genius, if this is true, we'll know when the, the indictment is unsealed, but we have a pretty good sense that this is now a broader investigation, including Karen McDougal, including Stormy Daniels, who did not testify to the grand jury, but has agreed that she would testify Stormy Daniels at an ultimate trial of Donald Trump. Won't that be a spectacle? Donald Trump now indicted. What does that mean? Well, his TV lawyer, because it's not his day-to-day -day criminal defense lawyer, that's Susan Necklace. But Joe Tacopina, who's making all the rounds with uh, on, on, uh, on all the television shows, he's already given a statement just an hour or so ago that there will be a surrender of Donald Trump. They're not going to have to pull him out kicking and screaming through Ron DeSantis in Florida at Mar-a-Lago, where, he, where he's at. He's going to self-surrender. The Secret Service, by law, has to be by Donald Trump's side the whole time. I mean, if he goes into prison, I guess the Secret Service will say, you know, you got it from here, Bureau of Prisons and Guards, we're out. But for every other moment, Secret Service stands by the president that they're guarding, the ex-president that they're guarding. Secret Service will take him in to the criminal court buildings in Manhattan, in lower Manhattan. They will stand there while he is processed, just like every other common criminal. There's no fast pass for a former president. This isn't Disney. There's no secret velvet line, gold-plated room where they're going to take Donald Trump. He's going where everybody else goes. He's going to be given an identification number by the state, as any other criminal defendant is for a felony. He's going to be fingerprinted. He's going to be read his Miranda rights his right to remain silent. He's going to be fingerprinted, processed, and brought in to a courtroom before a judge. We don't know which judge yet. Could be Judge Juan Mershon, who is the judge presiding over the criminal trial of the Trump Organization back in December, leading to a 17-count conviction. Or it could be another judge that's assigned. Usually it's random. In this case, it's probably going to be assigned by the chief judge of the criminal division of the court system. And we'll know who that is in a few days. The surrender will happen probably early next week. The arraignment will happen 
the same day as the surrender. He will then stand before a court. He'll be in the dock of a court. He'll have the Secret Service nearby. He'll have his criminal defense lawyer. And we'll see who else joins Susan Necklace at that side of the table. And then he will be arraigned. They will read the indictment out loud. We will know exactly which felony counts Donald Trump is being charged with at that moment. We'll report back on Legal AF as soon as we hear. Right now, we know it's felony. We know it's indictment. And we know it's related to Stormy Daniels, David Pecker, and the Catch and Kill program. We're likely to see Karen McDougal's name, remember that name, in the indictment as well, because she was the first Stormy Daniels before Stormy Daniels when she got her payment. Uh, directly from uh, the Trump Organization. Alan Weisselberg, you've heard a lot about him. I did a hot take on him today. He's coming out of Rikers Island, the disgraced Trump Organization CFO, after spending five long months there, which is a long time for a 74-year-old guy who's got his nails manicured and, and polished up and lived on Fifth Avenue, wherever he lived, to be sitting in probably one of the worst jails in America. You think the Jan 6 people are sitting in a bad jail in D.C. jail? Rikers will beat it. So that's where he's been. And now he's decided with his one phone call a day to make a change in his lawyers. He had Nick Gravanti. Nick Gravanti, one of the best criminal defense lawyers in town. Remember, the Trump organization is paying for for the uh, legal services, the legal fees that are for Alan Weisselberg's lawyers. So who do you think is really controlling who Alan Weisselberg gets as his lawyer? And it pissed off the Trump world to no end that Nick Gravanti had Alan Weisselberg cooperate with the Manhattan DA and meet with them before he testified. And now, before he comes out and, and is a free man and is back to polite society, Alan Weisselberg, with his one phone call a day, switched lawyers. And the law firm that he got, the law firm that he got just represented Matt Gates and got him off the hook on the DOJ um, uh, minor girl sex trafficking ring issue. So in the MAGA world, that law firm, Clayman and Rosenberg, is probably well considered. So that is where Alan Weisselberg, in jail still, has decided that he's going to go now. And why is that important? Because the Manhattan DA's office now has the honor of being the first prosecutors, Alvin Bragg, the first prosecutor to go after Donald Trump before Fawny Willis, before Jack Smith. But it's not the last thing. I think now uh, Alvin Bragg's got a taste for this. He's already beat the Trump Organization 17-0 in December in the tax evasion case. And now he's got Stormy Daniels and the broader catch and kill indictment of the first time in, in 250 plus years of a president. And I think he's going for more. And Alan Weisselberg is the key. Follow the money. All money in the Trump Organization has forever since Fred Trump, Don's father, gone through Alan Weisselberg. Really important witness. And they have him dead to rights on some other fraud that Alan Weisselberg participated in related to appraisal fraud, loan valuation fraud, insurance fraud, you know, you name it. And, and the F word's been violated by the Trump organization and Alan Weisselberg knows where it is. Donald Trump worried about that has now, we believe, put Alan Weisselberg behind a stronger, more pro-Trump uh, person. So that's going on. That's the other wheel that's spinning at the very same time as the first time in American history that a former president is indicted. Now, now the Fox News people are all wringing their hands and 
audibly gasping on the air when they announced the indictment. Uh, Sandra Smith today on The Five, you could hear people go, oh, oh my God, like like they haven't been following the news lately about the, the, uh, the velocity at which the prosecution has been happening. Um, but there's also reporting that there's a lot of ex-employees of the Trump organization who are cheering and texting each, each other, and they're really, really happy about it. This is not like... Um, Donald Trump was not and has never been the bastion of of pious uh, behavior and conduct and honesty. He's been the opposite. I've had the I've had a front row seat to observe Donald Trump my entire life living in the tri-state area, living in the New York area, and watching Donald Trump as a as a corrupt businessman dating back to his father, as a corrupt casino operator, as a corrupt hotelier. As a you know you as a corrupt celebrity apprentice, and then using that as a side grift for all of his other Donald Trump stakes, Donald Trump University, Donald Trump calling cards, and the rest. And I'm not making this up. Now this is who the Republican Party put into office, but they shouldn't be surprised that Donald Trump took his entire baggage with him in ways of operating and all of his cronies and henchmen, and created a kleptocracy in the White House. And then put his hand on every burner on the stove in order to to test the limits of what of what he would be uh, uh, how people would push back against him and try to blow through every guardrail of democracy. Or as Jamie Raskin once said, you know, he almost accidentally toppled over you know the the Constitutional Republic of America. That's that's Donald Trump. So nobody should be surprised. And with this fake chagrin that Donald Donald Trump. You know, if Barack Obama was indicted for a crime, you'd be shocked. If Joe Biden was indicted for a crime, you'd be if Jimmy Carter was indicted for a crime, you'd be shocked. But but Donald Trump, you're shocked if he's not indicted. I thought he was I thought all this time Donald Trump was trying to get indicted for a crime because he thought that would lead to more fundraising money. He's acting exactly like a person in every jurisdiction that is trying to get indicted. And when he and he can't help himself, every time he tweets or social truths out, another prosecutor wakes up and grabs it off the printer, you know, the electronic printer, and puts it in the file under future exhibit A. Every judge refers to his his social media against him to find against him, to find that he files meritless cases, to find that he's got criminal intent, to find that he's guilty of the defamation or the crime, and yet he doesn't stop. And the lawyers around him, of course, can't stop him, which is why everyone's going to wake up tomorrow morning, for those that read a written paper, a real newspaper, to a front page headline, worldwide, Trump indicted in, you know, 40 point font on the on the cover of every newspaper around the world just like it is an electronic version right now. So let's summarize. Donald Trump and for all the people out there that were in denial, he'll never do it. He'll get away with it. This or 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 he'll get elected now because he's been indicted. I mean, how ridiculous is that? The guy lost by 7 million votes in every battleground state and people somewhere in the back of their mind think he's going to get more votes than he got before. This this leads to an accretion of more votes in his favor? I don't think so. But in any event, what's the headline? Donald Trump indicted. It's a felony. Meaning the Manhattan DA's office has figured out how to link the books and entry fraud that it was listed as 
This, the payment to Stormy Daniels was listed as a legal expense reimbursement for Michael Cohen. That's fraud. That's tax evasion. That's money laundering. That's cover up. That's election fraud. And if it's if it is all those things, they've got their second crime, whether misdemeanor or, or felony. And now it's a felony. Two crimes put together. Misdemeanor, even misdemeanor, equals a felony in the state of New York. And that's what Alvin Bragg, that's the puzzle, the Rubik's Cube that Alvin Bragg and his people have solved because it is a felony indictment. Now, if it's what we think it is, each count will be a up to a four-year sentence. Doesn't have to be. It's not mandatory. There's no mandatory minimums in the state of New York for these types of crimes. But it'll be up to four years. So, you know, honestly... The guy could get a year in a, in a, not in Rikers Island, but in a New York state jail as a result of this. So all of these people that are on network television and all the Republicans and and everybody else who's complaining this is a travesty and Chris Keist, the lawyer for Donald Trump, one of his many lawyers said this is a, a, the lowest point in the history of U.S. criminal justice system. He obviously did not study very well in law school or, or all of the uh, shameful decisions that have been made in criminal justice usually against people of color uh, uh, since our formation. But having said that, that's the headline, okay? So, you know, we were on a, the United States of America was on a 90,155-day streak of no indicted presidents. That streak ended today with the indictment of Donald Trump by the Manhattan DA's office and Alvin Bragg for the Stormy Daniels catch-and-kill cover-up payment scandal, arraignment and surrender probably early next week, booking, fingerprinting, maybe handcuffs, maybe not, depends on the Secret Service, Fifth Amendment rights, uh, arraignment in front of a criminal judge, assignment of a, of a criminal number in the state of New York system, and then back out the front door because he's probably going to be released on his own recognizance. Once he does that, we know what happens next. He's going to do a uh, a makeshift press conference on the steps of the courthouse uh, and then be whisked away into a waiting SUV protected by the Secret Service. That's what we're going to see. That's what we're going to follow. I do hot takes like this about once every day at the rate and the velocity at which the wheels of justice are turning. I'm doing them about once every couple of hours. On Wednesdays and Saturdays, we curate all of these top stories at the intersection of law and politics. And I co-anchor a show called Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network with Karen Friedman Ignifolo, who just happens to have been the number two prosecutor in the Manhattan DA's office for 30 years, and Ben Mysalis civil rights lawyer extraordinaire and co-founder of the Midas Touch Network. If you like what I do, you can watch those hot takes and you can follow me on all social media, including Twitter, at MS Popak. This is Michael Popak with the most amazing breaking news of the indictment of a former president, Donald Trump, today. And I'll see you on Legal AF. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com.